The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. 16-year-old Eva LeBeau loves hanging out with her friends and she's passionate about art. Quote, any art, music, painting, drawing, uh, anything I can get my hands on since I can't do physical things, explains 16-year-old Eva LeBeau. The high school junior used to be involved in gymnastics until one day, quote, when I was a gymnast, one time I passed out on the bar, said LeBeau. Michigan, the Michigan team traveled to Cleveland Clinic for help finding answers to her health issues. Doctors discovered a genetic disease and postural orthostatic trichardia syndrome, or POTS, as it's like to be called. Quote, everything will get dark and I'll feel really, really lightheaded and I can feel my heart beating way too fast, says LeBeau. Postural orthostatic trichardia syndrome. It's a lot of words, but what it means is that there is an out-of-control effect on the heart in response to trying to regulate blood pressure so the brain can function appropriately, said Dr. Gary Buchko, Cleveland Clinic pediatric cardiologist. Getting (laughs) COVID-19... made LeBeau's POTS syndrome worse. Now doctors are seeing more cases of POTS in children and teenagers who had COVID-19. Quote, there has definitely been an uptick, says Dr. Buchko. Buchko said between 30 and 40% of his patients have some of the symptoms of POTS. For LeBeau, getting a diagnosis has been key to managing her condition and living her life as a normal teenager. That's from ABC News Cleveland 5. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. The theme to this portion of the show, we're going to hit a lot of things, and I know it's been a while since I've done a podcast, but I really kind of wanted to hone in on something that I've been seeing, the premise of which needs to be deflated because it's complete BS, but they want to shroud everything in this this, uh, cloud of BS. They want to provide a mirage of what's really causing all of these medical issues outside of the one thing that's causing it. That being the vaccine. We talked about that on the last podcast, about all of the instances of vaccine injury coming from these these COVID mRNA vaccines. So first, we have to understand that they're trying to shroud this uptick in all-cause mortality, all these different deaths, all these different syndromes coming about because of the vaccine. They have to shroud it in the vaguest of terms, and they do so by just saying it just happened during the pandemic. I mean, listen to uh, this, this news report as they go on and on about how all these upticks in heart issues are happening, but what is the one common theme? And the common theme is, the pandemic. Well, that could be anything. That could be COVID. That could be COVID lockdowns. That could be obesity from not being able to exercise because of COVID lockdowns. That could be stress from COVID lockdowns, or uh, that could also be vaccine injury. That could um, that could be anything. But they vague they, they drop it in this well of vagary because they want to be able to pass it off. Don't look over here. You all these heart attacks aren't happening. 
you don't know what's going on. If it's, you know, everybody dies someday. Heart attacks happened for the beginning of time, right? That's what they always scoff it off saying. But the rate of heart injury, especially in young people, is getting hard to deny. You just had a 20-year-old football player die in peak condition. You've had military members in peak shape die suddenly. We went through a lot of those on the last podcast. You've had uh, college football uh, up-and-comers die suddenly. What could be the reason? Oh, they're going to say long COVID. Long COVID is just something that they say when apparently you got COVID and you'll just never get rid of it or you just can't shake it off. That's long COVID, which is long BS. There's other issues going on. And the interesting thing is what they failed to mention in this pandemic vagary is that the real uptick of all of these heart issues, all of these blood clots happened in 2021, happened Early to mid 2021. Huh? I wonder what happened. You know, because we didn't see people dropping dead suddenly all over the place of cardiac uh, issues, myocarditis, things of that nature in 2020. You know, when the pandemic was actually happening, right? They're trying to say, well, you got it. And then you didn't know you had this heart issue. And then a year and a half, maybe two years later, you just dropped dead. Uh, a lot of these people are dropping dead within weeks or Days of getting the injection. Babies died drinking breast milk that had the mRNA spike protein within the breast milk because we've learned that it carries right through. We had babies that were, or, you know, fetuses that were uh, pregnancies that were basically turned to miscarriages that were aborted through taking these shots. And so we're supposed to act like the shot is not the issue? I love what the Babylon Bee posted. They said, uh, lots of unexplained things happening, but it's not because of that one thing, right? <laughs> right? It's vaccine could never be the cause. It's always this issue. So listen to this. Uh, I don't know if it's MSNBC or it's just, I think it might be CBS. They're going on on the news talking about the rise in heart rate deaths and heart failure and, and younger kids. And why is this happening? Uh, heart attack deaths have become more common across all age groups since the start of the coronavirus pandemic. But a recent study found that young people are actually most at risk in this case. According to Cedars-Sinai Hospital, the number of heart attack deaths among 25 to 44-year-olds in the U.S. over the first two years of the pandemic was 30% higher than predicted. Dr. Celine Gounder is here on set with us uh, to talk more about it. She's editor-at-large for public health at Kaiser Health News, and she is also an infectious disease specialist and epidemiologist and a CBS News medical uh, contributor. Dr. Gounder, thank you for being here. Uh, what stood out to you in this study? I think the fact that you're seeing such a big increase specifically in the youngest age group, so the 25 to 44-year-olds, you saw this 30% increase in the risk of death from heart attack. And that really is quite striking. That's not a group, an age group, in which you normally see heart attacks, much less dying from a heart attack. So the, the, to do a study like this, you look at the years prior to the pandemic and the typical rate of heart attack death in that age group, and then you see it increase and you wonder what's the new variable. And so the pandemic is that new variable? That's right. So these uh, researchers looked at 10 years of data across the U.S., all the death certificates that get filed with the CDC, uh, that data. And so what they saw is prior to the pandemic, heart attack deaths were actually dropping 
And then that trend reverses and you see those deaths go up, especially among that youngest age group during the pandemic. And do we know why the why younger people might be more at risk or? We don't know for sure. And in fact, these death certificates are probably not even capturing the fact that they might have had COVID. Uh, They're really just saying, did you die from a heart attack or not? Um, What we do know, however, is that younger people were less likely to protect themselves against COVID than older people, less likely to mask, less likely to take other mitigation measures. And they were also farther back in line to get vaccinated. So they were not protected with vaccination until later in the pandemic. Those might have been a factor here. So basically, I mean, you could have had perhaps a mild infection. And of course, this is all hypothetical, but then there might have been a a lingering heart situation, heart disease. Right. So COVID causes inflammation um, of the blood vessels as well as other parts of the body and also blood clots. And what we think is that a COVID infection may have actually accelerated the process of developing heart disease, what we call coronary artery disease, and so therefore accelerated when somebody might have had a heart attack and died from a heart attack. You know, but COVID also changes uh, how much you can get out to an exercise class, how often you see friends, maybe your level of activity overall, your stress, whether you see your doctor. doctor. How are they ruling out or accounting for these other lifestyle changes? We don't know. So you can't really assess that just from looking at death certificates. Again, all we can say is how old were they? Did they die from a heart attack? Um, but, you know, some of uh, the factors you're mentioning could certainly have played a role. We also know healthcare facilities were really overwhelmed during the pandemic. So was it that somebody had a heart attack and then was less likely to survive because yeah. the healthcare facility was overwhelmed? Couldn't get there on time. <laughs> I love it. They've gone back to the well of masking. There has been report after report stating the mask did absolutely nothing. No sort of benefit from wearing this stupid mask instead of looking like you lived in China or uh, Japan for the last 30 years, right? Because once the SARS breakout happened in, in Japan, they've been wearing masks ever since. Either you look like you're wanting to be, uh, you know, working for Rampart MD, going back to an old reference there, going back to emergency squad 51, squad 51, uh, or you were just wearing it to virtue signal, but they had no effects. But yet, we're going to get this gaslighting because this is CBS News. This is news for the dummies. This is news for the uninformed. The news for the, uh, the, the laissez-faire passerby who's going to pick up the news uh, on the way out of the grocery store, read the headlines, put the Time magazine back away. Uh, and they're just going to accept whatever garbage is given to them. Yeah, you got to wear a mask. Uh, stay six feet away. Don't go down the hallway backwards because the virus only goes in one direction and then circles around the next aisle. All that BS. And so they're going to say that young people were more, oh, they're more likely to go to Ron DeSantis's Florida and unmask and hang out and get laid and, and, and party down at spring break, super spreader event style. But they're not going to uh, do what is necessary. So now they're getting heart attacks. BS! It is complete BS! But listen to this MSNBC reporter. She gets myocarditis. She is talking about how all of a sudden she can't run seven miles like she used to. She can't drink. She can't do a lot of things. Much like the young girl, Eva LeBeau, with her pot syndrome. Um, Somehow she's not able to do anything anymore 
But listen what she blames her myocarditis on. Well, I have been dealing with a little bit of a health scare. On December 20th, I began to feel chest pains and they waxed and waned over a period of 10 days. I wasn't quite sure uh, what to make of it, but as they continued to get worse, I started to think something was actually wrong. Um, it was December 30th when I finally went to an urgent care and was told I had reflux. I didn't really buy it, but I was relieved it wasn't my heart. Uh, my body, though, was pretty certain uh, not to believe uh, the reflux. The next day, on December 30th, I woke up with severe pains, both in my chest and in my left shoulder, and it was like a tightening in my chest when I took deep breaths. That got worse when I was laying flat. I knew enough at that moment to understand that it could mean, could is the key word here, that I was having a heart attack, especially because it was happening in the left part of my shoulder. I want to remind you, I run seven miles three to four times a week, or I did. Um, I do yoga. I don't eat meat. I don't smoke. I drink occasionally. Not right now, though, because my doctor tells me I can't. Aside from probably not getting enough sleep and working too much, I'm a pretty healthy person. But on that day, I was anything but. My husband drove me to the emergency room, and from there, the nightmare that has been my January began. I was diagnosed with pericarditis, inflammation of the lining of my heart, brought on by a virus, a literal common cold. I also had fluid around my heart that had to be drained or else it could hinder the beating of my heart. I was hospitalized for four nights and transferred from a local hospital to NYU Langone here in New York City. On January 4th, I was finally discharged after doctors drained the fluid around my heart and I bounced out of the hospital. I couldn't get out of there fast enough with the hopes I was on the mend. But that was not the end. Three days later, I was readmitted when I felt a flutter in my heart, like a butterfly. It was inside my chest. They determined I had developed myocarditis, inflammation of the actual heart now, the heart muscle. I remember being shepherded through the emergency room and wondering, is this it? It wasn't, thank God. Instead, I spent five more days in the hospital where they ran a battery of tests, adjusted my meds, and made sure nothing else was fueling what was happening. And in fact, in the end, it was still just the cold that was doing all of this, that had caused all of this inflammation in and around my heart. That's just the cold. Cold did it. COVID. Which we were told COVID is nothing like the cold, you idiot, you anti-science, anti-vaxxer. COVID is much more of a problem, so much more than just a flu or a cold. But yet she's blaming it on the flu. And we were told it had flu-like symptoms, and it's kind of flu disappeared in 2020, right? Can we talk about the bigger issue here? The media keeps blaming heart issues on COVID-19, so... Let's go to the premise of this, because what they do is they blame it on COVID-19. You're on CBS because, you know, you're just going about your day. Maybe you want to watch Entertainment Tonight or the TMZ show that comes on after. You happen to have had it on the local news. It goes into the national news, and they say, yeah, the heart, heart issues you're seeing, friends, you know, dying left and right because of heart attacks. Uh, that's because of the pandemic. Oh, uh, you might have gotten car myocarditis, which is very rare or used to be until now. Now it's like you know, diagnosing uh, rheumatism or something. We're just, that was because of the flu. Oh, okay. Let me go about my day. Here's uh, Sam Smith twerking with some uh, transgender uh, uh, Satanist upon the Grammys. Let's just go about our day and find out what they were wearing on that red carpet. Um, let's get to the premise here. 
if they're correct, then their lie is even more terrifying than the truth. Like airborne heart disease or commotio cordis, you know, in a football game. Right, Damar Hamlin? Hey, Damar, what happened to you? How uh, Did you ever really find out why you were the most tested and physically assessed individual you are with you are with a group of people that are looked at more than military members as far as health issues on a regular basis because you're a million dollar investment for a company that wants to put you on the field for ultimate physical activity what happened to you the question on so many minds what causes heart to stop beating you're 24 peak physical condition could run circles around me right now <laughs> <laughs> How did doctors describe what happened to you? Um, um, that's something I want to stay away from. I know from my experience at the NFL, they do more tests than anything. And in the course of you having your physical, did anybody ever come back with any, say you had a heart issue or anything that was abnormal? Uh, honestly, no. Um, I've always been a, a, a healthy, young, fit, energetic, uh, you know, human being, let alone mm -hmm. athlete. Um, so it, it was something that was just, that we're, we're still processing and I'm still talking through with my doctors just to see what everything was. He doesn't really want to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind the fact that he uh, almost dropped dead in front of everybody, millions on Monday Night Football, and you probably won't see him playing next season. It'll just go, again, laissez-faire, low information, pass right on by in one ear out the other, CBS-style news. You'll forget his name next year. He didn't get a big rollout during Super Bowl because of that. But again... They're just going to blame it on things like commotiocorditis, which is uh, or commotiocordis, which is barely a thing. It's so rare, it's ridiculous. Or uh, COVID itself. And again, my question is: You're now telling us that we have a virus that is airborne that can cause heart disease. I mean, if you want to make the case that there's a need for lockdown, staying six feet apart, and mask. Airborne heart disease virus would be it. <laughs> Yet the Grammys in the Super Bowl, all free of uh, of any mask or six feet distance from each other. I mean, it's insane. I mean, airborne heart disease virus should be as concerning as Obama shipping an Ebola patients back in 2014. I mean, that would make that would mean COVID was a Chinese bioweapon or. They're just lying and that it's the injected gene therapies that were tried on eight mice. I'm going to go with that one, okay? I mean, if you haven't noticed, if they, if they haven't transitioned you uh, with blockers and scalpels or they haven't blew your heart up like a giant tetherball with their junk science magical elixirs, they'll just suffocate you with their hazardous vinyl chloride chemicals that they're going to ignite on fire and hope we don't get, you know, a cold front with some rain coming through to turn it into hydro hydrochloric acid. I mean, go home. It's fine. We don't want to overwhelm the system. Go back to your home. Drink your crappy water. It's amazing what's happening in Ohio right now. A train derails carrying vinyl chloride and other toxic chemicals. 
the train car, I guess, was very hot to the touch because they were worried about the chemical reactions. So what did they do? They just burn it off. Turns it into a giant chemical mushroom cloud. You can see from airplanes, air passengers are taking photos of this. It's destroyed the air quality. It's killed chickens and and fish and uh, lizards and snakes and pets. And these people were told to evacuate and then they were told to turn around. Yeah, you can go back. The water's fine. Now, if you got well water, I'd tell them to get that checked out. But yeah, you can go back in. Governor DeWine and the CDC director are going to take little sips of the water for you to make you feel feel good, feel warm about drinking this toxic stew. You know, we were told Hurricane Katrina was going to be a big cesspool of toxic stew when the levees broke and flooded the town, although that didn't happen. But this, we don't need Greta Thunberg's book of climate change made of trees that are a thousand pages in depth. We don't need her to show up and lecture about evil corporations poisoning people you can go back home don't overwhelm the system right don't don't let the dancing tiktok doctors do their thing so uh we're also not going to call out pfizer moderna astrazeneca we're just going to allow them to do their thing the left who used to be against big corporations and the corruption and the hazardous, uh, reckless behavior that they have, like Norfolk, Norfolk Southern derailing a train of vinyl chloride. They used to be against big pharma and, and all the shots and the opioids and the, and the pharmaceuticals, and now they're bowing at the altar of vaccines. But they want to tell you that, yeah, you got a heart issue because of right after the injection. It's probably because of COVID. But we're going to get into how all of these things, including the grooming, all goes hand in hand to a Marxist ideology. And once you boil it all down, you can apply it to every angle and go, okay, this is where they're coming from with it. Back in a moment. This is Adrian Slade. So back to what we were talking about. They were actually blaming anything on COVID, on, uh, on myocarditis, on, on any of the side effects of the vaccine, on everything and anything other than the actual vaccine. But here's the interesting part. In 2020 to about 2021, childhood vaccination rates were down about 15%. But between 2020 and 2021, serious injuries and deaths skyrocketed up to four times. Listen to this biotech uh, analysis, uh, Karen Kingston, I think her name is. Um, as she's talking about this whole thing with the mRNA uh, technology in the vaccinations, they're being put into other vaccines, RSV. They're going to be put in all types of childhood vaccination programs. So when you have a baby, you're going to jack them up with mRNA, which I think is going to be used for other purposes. And I'll get into that here in a little bit, because I kind of think what we're dealing with is something grander than just you know, somebody pumping out new technology too quickly, not taking the due diligence and the time to study it and making sure that it's effective and safe. But then at the same time, I think there's other uses that are other utilities that they have in mind for this. But listen to this clip with uh, with Karen Kingston. She has a sub stack. 
Um, but it's very, it's a long clip, but it's pretty informative, and it'll kind of set the stage for what I'm talking about. Parents are increasingly becoming doubtful over routine childhood vaccinations. We know this because since the beginning of 2020, the race of parents taking their kids to get them, get them vaccinated has declined by 15%. Many blame this on the COVID-19 lockdowns, while others believe it's due to the COVID-19 mRNA vaccines. According to the CDC bears data, all childhood vaccine-associated injuries and deaths increased by nearly 400% between 2020 and 2021. As of December 9th of this year, Pfizer's COVID-19 mRNA experimental vaccines caused 1,713 infants and children injuries and teens to suffer from myocarditis. Pfizer's experimental jab permanently harmed or disabled more than 10,000 kids. These kids are expected to never recover from their injuries. Sadly, this means many of those children may have died. Americans all across the country are horrified by the data, especially when they learn that back in 2020, HHS Secretary Alexander Azar made an amendment to the PrEP Act declaration. Azar declared that the decrease in childhood vaccinations were a national security threat. Azar also declared that both childhood and adult vaccines were medical countermeasures. By doing so, this waived all safety, efficacy, and manufacturing standards for all vaccine manufacturers. This also waives them of liability. Now, if this all sounds horrifying, it only gets worse. If you take a look at Section 3024 of Obama's Cures Act, parents and guardians no longer have the legal right to become informed regarding ingredients or potential injuries caused by any vaccine. All childhood and adult vaccines are considered emergency use. This means they may contain mRNA technology and parents might not even know about it. To help us understand all of this, biotech analyst Karen Kingston joins us. Karen, thank you so much for being here. And I, I, first, before we get into it, I want to let our audience know that you provide all this information with the receipts on your Substack. It's called this Kingston Report. You even go into details regarding the mRNA technology. So I definitely encourage all of our audience to go there because I love when people can go and see the receipts and find the source material. Um, you map out what has been done over these last 10 years to cover for ma- vaccine manufacturers while leaving parents completely in the dark. Uh, first off, I want to ask you, and, and we talked a little bit before we got started in the segment, and this is a bit anecdotal, but I've had at least one person who works in pediatric, uh, pediatrics, a nurse, tell me that there's been an uptick in vaccine injuries from the regular childhood schedule. This has nothing to do with the COVID vaccinations. These are not kids getting vaccinated for COVID, but they're seeing more and more vaccine injuries with the regular schedule. Is there something going on, Karen? There is, and thank you for for having me on um, to speak to your audience. And any parent that is listening right now, this is a 911 call. Um, I know as a parent myself, I normally would take my son in over the holiday break for his uh, routine wellness checks, and he would become vaccinated. He would get his routine vaccines. Uh, As Emerald just explained to you, what the American people were not informed of was that on August 24th of 2020, Secretary Azar made a declaration saying that all childhood vaccines all vaccines in general, but specifically he talked about the childhood vaccine were now medical countermeasures, which as you said, means that they are, they're essentially, they're, they're, they're military countermeasures. That means that uh, 
we don't know what's in them. Uh, and what you'll see from the CDC's own database was that in 2020 to 2021, childhood vaccination rates went down about 15 percent. But between 2020 and 2021, as you said, they skyrocketed. It's up four times serious injuries and deaths. So um, what Secretary Azar did was allow uh, the manufacturers to skip good manufacturing practices and have no liability. Uh, and they are dead set on getting mRNA technology into every every arm of every human being, of every American citizen, uh, senior, adult, and child. So more than likely, there is mRNA technology in these injections, and that is not something that you want to inject in your top child. These are they are not vaccines. Um, if they are going to be categorized as a, a technology, it would be a gene editing technology. Uh, on my Substack, I go through Pfizer's own website where they explain mRNA lipid nanoparticle technology is gene editing technology. Uh, we have been deeply, deeply betrayed and deceived, uh, not only by our, our government, uh, but by the medical uh, in institutions. So uh, do not, no childhood vaccine, no vaccine is safe. Uh, the flu vaccines likely have this mRNA technology in them as well. And, and Pfizer states on their own website, what does this technology do? It turns the cells of the human body into factories. Specifically, they talk about the spike protein factory. The spike protein is a pathogen. That means it causes disease, disabilities, and death. The last thing you want is to turn a, a cell in a child's body or a billion of those child of the cells in that child into toxic spike protein factories. Do not do this. Do not allow your child to be injected at all uh, and, and until we understand what has happened to our government, what is happening happening under this emergency declaration. Uh, it appears as if our own government and the medical community has declared war, essentially, uh, on, on us and our children. Uh, this, is, this is not for public health or safety. Uh, and, and the evidence is there. You can see the CDC's own reports, which are underreported by about a hundredfold, um, that serious injury and deaths for all vaccinations for all children uh, has has gone has skyrocketed. So, uh, you know, I think because parents uh, or the government knowingly were aware that parents were not going to knowingly uh, willingly get their children injected with mRNA vaccinations, um, they decided to work their way around it and put it into the childhood vaccinations uh, without our uh, consent. So they're willing to push this technology into everything. And it's like she said, there's other utilities for mRNA, um, which I have a, a bigger uh, overview as to why I think that is. Based on a video I've saw that I'm going to share here in a minute from the World Economic Forum. But here's another interesting part. The side effects were known by these pharmaceutical companies, but they didn't care. You know, of course, they tried to keep us from looking at the Pfizer documents for 75 freaking years. They treated it like it was the JFK assassination. We're just not going to open that vault. And then when we get close to maybe, you know, year 72, we'll just kick that can down the road another 25 years so that everybody that was adversely affected by this thing, they'll never know the truth. Luckily, a court shot that down. And now we're learning all this information. They didn't have any controlled test study groups to uh, put up against the, uh, the technology, the mRNA spike protein jabs. They didn't do anything. No due diligence, no controlled testing. They just pumped this crap out there. And so listen to this. 17,000 physicians and scientists declare that Pfizer, Moderna, BioNTech, 
Janssen, AstraZeneca, and their enablers willingly and woefully withheld and omitted safety information from patients. Listen to this. Colleagues and supporters, we declare that Pfizer, Moderna, BioNTech, Janssen, and AstraZeneca and their enablers willfully withheld and omitted crucial safety and effectiveness information from patients and physicians and should be immediately indicted for fraud. We know that shortly after administration of these products, thousands of people have died. And although correlation isn't causation, reasonable criterion have been applied to examine the relationship between injections and the events, and it's absolutely clear-cut that these are the cause of death. Mechanistically, the design of these products was knowingly deficient in a number of ways. First, they caused the expression in the human body of toxic virus spike protein. Unlike what they told us that it would stay in the injection site, they distribute widely around the body. There is no built-in limit to the amount of toxic spike protein that can be made or for how long it is made, and that's the cause of the toxicity. Turning to the clinical trials, there is evidence of questionable practices all around. For example, several of the studies were clearly unblinded while they were ongoing, and also, in a number of cases, subjects were removed from the database prior to statistical analysis in a way that is suggestive of fraud. We were given blanket assurances time and again by all of the companies about the benign safety profile of their products. Even as the products rolled out and in the earliest weeks, they must have known this was not true. It appears that these products provide little or no protection from the virus that they sought to protect us from. And finally, they cannot claim lack of anticipatory knowledge because the companies and the FDA knew that products of this type would produce many toxicities. So they knew about this. And we talked about that in the last program, that they actually had these things in the pipeline earlier than they even even when the pandemic hit. They had them in 2019 ready to go. <laughs> Just took a nice little pandemic to make it happen. Jeez, what are the chances? So then the other question is, okay, all these adverse side effects are happening and they're skyrocketing around early to mid-2021. That's when the vaccines became available. So that big spike in 2020 wasn't happening at all. And then you ask yourself, okay, well, then how did so many people get it? And they seem to be fine. Well, here's five explanations as to why you could have gotten the shot. And maybe it wasn't that big to you. Or maybe you just don't know yet. But just listen to this. It creates a toxic spike protein in your body that can cause adverse reactions, including nervous system disorders, cancers, and worst of all, myocarditis that can lead to sudden death. So you might be thinking, those adverse reaction people are crazy. I got the shot. Nothing bad happened to me. I'll give you five reasons why that is. First, you have no idea where the tip of that needle is when they push that plunger. If it's in a vein or a capillary bed, those, uh, those particles will rapidly spread to your heart and to your brain, increasing your chances of neurologic and cardiac symptoms. Secondly, you have no idea how many particles are in that syringe. 
it could vary tenfold based on how it was prepared. And the more particles you get, the greater the chance of an adverse reaction. So maybe you just got lucky. Third, there is polyethylene glycol in the shot that keeps the particles from sticking together. If it degrades, and it does, you could get injected with coagulating goo that can cause a deadly stroke or a heart attack within minutes or hours. Fourth, the mRNA that's in the shot can degrade also. So it won't even make the spike protein at all, lessening your chance of an adverse reaction. Fifth, the more acidic your body is, the more spike proteins you will make, and that will increase the chance of an adverse reaction. So maybe you got lucky again, and your body, due to your diet or medications, was less acidic, and you made less spike proteins. But you can only be lucky for so long. The effects of this shot are cumulative. So my advice is to never, ever get one of these shots again. And if you did get one, get your D-dimer levels checked for microclotting and troponin checked for myocarditis. These problems can be asymptomatic and result in chronic disease or death in two to five years if you don't do something about it. Thank you. So there's a myriad of reasons why you may not have experienced anything. And some of the people that have, they're going to be stuck with these injuries for the rest of their lives. Um, some of the people that haven't gotten it, there was also talk about how, you're, if you remember, these things were supposed to be kept at such low temperatures. I mean, just way below freezing. And that some of the, some of the medical facilities weren't really keeping on top of it the way they should. So they might have been shooting blanks at that point. Regardless of the situation... Doing booster number three, number four, number five that they're recommending is probably a bad idea. And that's why I kept saying in previous podcasts around the beginning of this year, what happened around December and January? Because it seems like they got the boosters correct this time. Maybe they're not shooting them in in such a way that it's not getting to where it needs to go. Like that gentleman, the doctor just talked about. I don't know. Seems to me like a lot of people started really being negatively impacted around the uh, end of December, beginning of the year. So what is it that is the reason that they have to have everybody, you know, that everybody vaccinated with mRNA technology, so much so that they were going to set mandates up, that your employer was going to demand it. You won't be able to go to a club. You won't be able to go to a restaurant. You won't be able to travel. Why were they doing that? Um, some explain it away on just greed because the government's paying these pharmaceutical companies um, so greed and corruption, well, yeah, could be that. Others have said, well, you know, it's this uh, depopulation scheme. So uh, they're going to go around and, you know, kill off a good portion of the population. Well, my question for that is who, who do they decide gets to live or die, right? It's like they're just throwing, you know, death like, like tomatoes at the wall and seeing what sticks and what splatters and what misses. I don't know. I think that seems like there's an aspect of it that could be depopulation, but I, I don't think it's as, uh, as explainable for the ultimate goal. For me, I think what it is, it's almost like a technological uh, eugenics. And based on the video that I've seen, because here's the thing, mRNA technology, Dr. Robert Malone, who created the mRNA technology, when he's explained mRNA technology, because they're using it for spike proteins, but they're going to use it for other things too. It's supposed to be a vehicle that delivers this 
into your DNA, into the RNA. And if they can code genes and manipulate genetics, then they can use that for that end. Um, so how do you take a hard drive that can be put on a strand of DNA that could have God knows how many terabytes of information stored on it? How do you get it there? How do you get man and machine, as Klaus Schwab likes to say, we're going to do man and machine, right? <laughs> he wants to say that man and machine are going to eventually be fused into one. Yuval Harari, the, the uh, philosopher of the World Economic Forum, has been saying, too, that you'll be able to upload your mind to the cloud, your thoughts. How do you do that? How is that possible? Well, I guess mRNA is where they're going with this. And so I think they're putting it out there, mandating that everybody get it. And those that can't survive it, well, maybe they just weren't fit enough. You know, only the strong survive. Maybe they weren't fit enough to have this implanted within them. So if they perish because of it, so be it. I mean, that's the only. And then you get your population control on the side, right? So then you've eliminated the population, but you kept the strongest ones. You know, the master technological race that we're getting out of. World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, who was uh, from Germany, right? This is what we're getting. We're getting Fabian socialists of World War I thinking that they can create society in such a way that it progresses into the future using technology, and they're going to go by any means necessary. And so this is one aspect. The COVID Great Reset was one aspect. The economic overtaking is the other aspect. And, and the war in Ukraine with Russia and China is another. That's the proxy war. And we talked about that a while back, too, that there's no winners as far as the people go. There's no good side. There's no bad side as far as the citizens go. They're all bad as far as the players go. You know, Joe Biden, Justin Trudeau, all the World Economic Forum puppets. Uh, George Soros is is backing Ukraine because he's backing Zelensky and Russia is now teaming up with China. So we're getting into this World War I Fabian socialist battlefield. But the pushing of technology that led to World War II, right, that led to a populist to come in and say, we're not doing this global, uh, you know, Fabian socialist utopia. We're going to look after Germany after their e economy collapsed because they what? Maybe they would have gone to a digital dollar. Huh? That sounds familiar, huh? I'm not saying they would have back then. I'm saying we are in that situation now that could collapse our economy so we could have that perfect stew of globalist socialism mixed with an economic you know, collapse mixed with somebody who wants to come in and focus strictly on our nation and who may take technology like mRNA technology to make their master technological race. I don't know. Seems like a more plausible idea when you hear video clips like this one. Rewriting the code of life, gene editing technology will allow us to redesign whole organisms. This could enhance every aspect of our existence from human health to materials, fashion, and zero waste economy. Speaking, we're talking about improving biology and redesigning organisms for beneficial purposes. It's going to allow us to not just edit genomes, but also, uh, and importantly, write a new code for life. We'll have right level permissions. We already started to see some of that this year. COVID-19 vaccines, they make use of engineered code in the form of messenger RNA. Diminished reality technology will cut out unwanted sights and sounds. 
What's on the horizon are diminished reality glasses that look very much like what I'm wearing um, that would allow you to remove things from your point of view, from your view, whether that's garbage uh, or other people. Sounds to me like they really needed that mRNA to be in every single person. Because 2030 is their goal. That's their date. That's their their plumb line. And they're getting to that end. So they're going to have to push this a little bit harder. Having a populist president like Donald Trump was kind of a roadblock for him. So they ousted him uh, through this nice little COVID pandemic uh, using mail-in ballots. They ousted Bolsonaro down in Brazil so the BRICS can be more aligned with totalitarian socialism. I wonder if they're going to go after Victor, Victor Orban from Hungary because he's a holdout. But that's the thing is the, the technology, just like Karen Kingston, the bio uh, a- analyst was talking about earlier in this segment about they're going to use this mRNA technology to manipulate genes. And she's just talking about it right there. That's the future. And that's what we have to fight against the totalitarianism of these technocrats on a global end world economic forum they're your corporations they're your hollywood elites they're your politicians your political elites they're all together your uh, hedge fund managers like blackrock and larry flint they're all getting together and dictating how they want society to go when you didn't get a chance to even vote for it and your constitution means absolutely nothing to them And that's why your local elections matter. That's why your city council, your state elections matter. And that's why election integrity needs to be uh, needs to be addressed and needs to be refortified. Mail in ballots have to stop and we need to get back on pure single day elections. We need to get good candidates that are looking for the best interest of the American people to be running and not. Idiots like Pete Buttigieg, who doesn't care about the uh, you know, city of uh, East Palestine and those who wish to push these vaccines of mRNA poison into your bodies using mandates and other bureaucratic means. I'm Adrian Slate. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker. Tune in. You can also go online and support us financially. Anchor.fm slash Adrian Slade slash support. And, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter uh, at Adrian Slade Show. You can find me on Getter, Truth Social, uh, Gab, Parlor, Cloud Hub, MeWe. We're all over the place. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>